Some of you probably are familiar with the name of Will Smith. Smith is an African-American writer and actor and singer and comedian. And in 2007, Newsweek magazine called him the most powerful actor in Hollywood. He's been nominated for five Golden Globe Awards, two Academy Awards, and he's actually won four Grammy Awards for his singing. Many of his films have been blockbuster hits, earning him millions of dollars and millions of fans around the world. And his ability to move so easily, Will Smith's talents in moving between television and movies, between music and comedy, between serious roles and dramatic roles, keep Will Smith as one of the most popular and most successful names in the whole entertainment industry. So, if you Google Will Smith, you'll get pages and pages of information. What you'll also get, if you Google his name, is a YouTube video that he posted of himself. That video shows Will Smith skydiving in Dubai. And the YouTube video has been watched more than 28 million times. I'm about three of them, okay? (laughs) It's not just a video about skydiving. It's a video about overcoming your fears. Will Smith says, you know, you're out with your friends and someone says, yeah, we should go skydiving tomorrow. And you go, yeah, sounds great. We'll go skydiving tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Everybody says, yeah, that'll be great. And then that night, Smith says, you're laying in your bed and, uh uh-oh, you're terrified You keep imagining over and over again jumping out of an airplane and you can't imagine why you decided to do that with your friends. You wake up the next day and you go down to the place where you said you're going to meet and everybody's there and you get in this van and you still say, oh my, how did I agree to this? And your stomach is terrible and you can't eat and any everything and you don't want to be the one punk who doesn't jump out of the airplane. So you go and You fly and you go up and up and up and up and up and up and you get to 14,000 feet. And then Smith tells it like this. Somebody opens the door and in that moment you realize you've never been in an airplane where the door was open. (laughs) And you're looking down to death and they say, we're going to go on three. And they say, one Two, and he pushes you out the airplane because people grab a hold on three. (laughs) And you go, ah, you fall out of the airplane. And this is what he says. In one second, you realize that it's the most blissful experience of your life. You're flying. There's zero fear. You realize at the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. It's bliss, he says. Why were you scared in the bed the night before? What do you need that fear for? Everything up to the stepping point, there's actually no reason to be scared, he says. It just ruins your day. The best things in life are on the other side of your fear. On the other side of your maximum fear are the best things in life, he says. And, this, and then this is what he says. God places 
the best things in life just on the other side of your fear. God places the best things in life just on the other side of our fears. The bliss comes when you get past the fears. The bliss is just on the other side. So like last week, I'm preaching again this week on a psalm, and it's a long psalm. I'm preaching on Psalm 105. Psalm 105 is even less familiar than the psalm I preached on last week, Psalm 104. Here is a descriptive sentence about Psalm 105. Psalm 105 displays the act of remembering. Remembering God's actions that move us to glad obedience. Remembering is always important in the Bible. Remembering is so important to Christian faith. The very act of gathering at this Lord's table, which we do every month or more, is about remembering as we repeat the words, do this to remember me. So much of what we're about in life together as we share fellowship, as we go to church school classes, as we come into worship, as we meet each other in the halls, as we go and work at the Habitat Restore, as we did yesterday with the men of the church. So much of what we do in life, in fellowship, in service is about remembering, remembering God's abiding love and care through the ups and downs of our lives, remembering God's presence when we tend to forget it, remembering God's promises that sustain us in the darkest days, remembering God's call to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God, remembering that day in and day out our lives are called to be about trusting God and serving God Psalm 105 displays the act of remembering God's actions so that we will be moved to glad obedience. So you can find this psalm on page 484 in the Pew Bibles, and I invite you to pick it up and open to the Bible because it's a long psalm and I'm going to read it in various parts. Page 484, Psalm 105, listen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all of His wonderful works. Glory in His name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength, seek seek His presence continually. Remember the wonderful works He has done, His miracles and the judgments He uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He's the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. He is mindful. God is mindful of his covenant forever, of the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those are just the first 11 verses. Remembering God's gracious acts, remembering God's abiding care gives us fortitude and gives us courage and gives us focus and strength in the face of our fears. That's the point. 
Remembering God's presence, remembering God's promises, remembering God's miracles, remembering God's judgment, remembering God's covenant always empowers us to trust God and serve God wherever we find ourselves. So if you're looking for a brief history of the biblical story, if you're looking for reminders about how God was always present and always at work, Psalm 105 is a nice place to find it. In those first 11 verses that we already read, we get the general reminder to remember. Remember and give thanks. Remember to call on God's name. Remember to sing praises to God like we did in our first hymn. Glory in His name, it says. Remember the wonderful works He has done. God is God. And then the psalm gets into the specifics of the biblical history to help out our remembering for the present. Remember these things for your life now, for the fears, for the chaos that's around, for your very life. Remember, because, quote, when we were few in number and strangers in the land and wandering from nation to nation, and this is referring to Abraham and Sarah and their descendants in all the stories of Genesis, it says, remember, God allowed no one to oppress them. And then moving on to verse 16 or so. When a famine broke out, God took care of God's people. He sent a man ahead of them, a man named Joseph who was sold as a slave. And on the surface of it, even as you read the story, it appears that God's people will suffer and they're going to struggle like everyone else and they'll be forgotten. But as the story of Genesis tells it, you might remember, God never deserted the people. And God was always at work. And especially through Joseph. Through Joseph, by God's grace, became an instrument of wholeness and hope for the people, of help and care for the famine and for God's greater purposes that were going to continue to unfold. All this is in the psalm, verses 16 through 22. And then it says, Israel came to Egypt and they were slaves in the land. That's underlying the story. But God sent his servant Moses and Aaron, who God had chosen Verse 26, after signs and miracles, after God brought plagues and darkness on Egypt, it says, quote, God brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among their tribes who struggled, who stumbled. Not, not one stumbled, it says. So you get the message, this remembering. In this remembering, uh, we're intended to have fortitude. In this remembering, we're intended to have faith for whatever we're dealing with. In this remembering, God's amazing actions lead to glad obedience. Trusting God with present circumstances, present concerns, so we can serve God with our lives and be co-creators with God in the coming of God's reign. Psalm 105 continues on. As they moved from Egypt through the wilderness... God, quote, spread a cloud for covering and gave them fire to give light by night. And God gave them food in abundance from heaven. He opened the rock when they were thirsty and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. 39 to 41. Those verses. So this is a psalm to remind us 
that the best things in life may be just on the other side of our fears, our greatest fears. The best things in life may be just on the other side of our deepest losses or biggest setbacks. Remembering displays for us how God is always at work in the worst moments, like when Joseph was sold off into slavery. No, God made a better way out of that mess. Remembering displays for us how God never deserts us. God provided abundance in the desert, care in the critical times, sustenance even in the season when it seemed like God was most absent. Where is God? The people are grumbling in the wilderness. No, God was never absent. That's what we remember. God was always bringing about God's loving care and God's purposes and God's plans. That's the gospel. That's the gospel right there. So how often or how recently have you heard that statement God won't give you more than you can handle. Maybe you've heard it recently. Maybe you've even said it to someone in the midst of a hard time. And maybe that statement intends to be helpful. But when you really think about that statement, it is one of those comments that really needs a little more thought and a little more theology and a little more unpacking. Let's start with the, just the first four words of that statement. God won't give you. When we say that, we are implying that whatever happens, whatever's painful, whatever's desperate, whatever's frightening, whatever situation we're in that feels overwhelming, that statement implies that it comes from God. Somehow God gave it to us. Well, certainly in the way that Psalm 105 reviews the history of God's people so we remember God's abiding care, God is not ever the one giving it, the hardship. God is not ever the one creating the setback or the difficulty. God is not the one causing the crisis or the fears. The only thing God is doing is making a way then when there's no way. The only thing God is doing is tending to whatever is happening, providing steadfast love, providing abiding care, providing faithfulness and support for God's purposes and plans. Here's the deal. We're going to face adversity in our lives. We're going to have hardships. We're going to find ourselves at various times at a major crossroad. Maybe it's at work and you're not sure what to do. Maybe it comes in your personal life. Maybe it is some shocking news about an intimate relationship that knocked you off course. Maybe it is a medical diagnosis. Maybe it is something about our nation that can be so troubling. We may struggle with debilitating depression. We may even fend off suicidal thoughts. We might 
even have so much anxiety that we're not sure what to do. And we might carry at times so much grief that we feel like it's going to suffocate us. These things can absolutely feel like more than we can handle. What Scripture shows us and what Psalm 105 shows us is not that we won't go through hard times. We will. What Scripture shows us and what Scripture promises is that God will be in the midst of it and God will never desert us and God will keep working out God's purposes. What Scripture shows us is not that we're going to be free from hardships and struggles The hardships and struggles are not necessarily part of God's plan. What God does, what God is about is continually walking with us, always caring, never departing, promising light for the darkness, promising hope for the despair, love and justice prevailing. That is God. It's not that God won't give you more than you can handle. It is more true and more real and more promising that God will help you handle all that you've been given. God will help you handle all that you've been given. That's what we remember. It's always been true. Psalm 105 displays the amazing love, the abiding care, the endless acts of God. Remembering God's faithfulness by remembering the stories of God's boundless care, working God's purposes out, we're strengthened. We're encouraged for whatever happens in our lives. God does not ever let us go. God is trustworthy and powerful, always present, always at work. This week, the poet Mary Oliver died moving on from this life to the next. I've talked about Mary Oliver many times. Her poems have been a means of grace for me, encouraging reflection and deep insights about life and nature and God and beauty and so many things. Mary Oliver has a poem entitled At the River Clarion. I don't know who God is exactly, But I'll tell you this, I was sitting in the river named Clarion on a water-splashed stone and all afternoon I listened to the voices of the river talking. Whenever the water struck a stone, it had something to say. And the water itself and even the mosses trailing under the water and slowly, slowly it became clear to me what they were saying. Said the river, I am part of holiness. And I too, said the stone, and I too, whispered the moss under the water. I've been to the river before, a few times. Don't blame the river that nothing happened quickly. You don't hear such voices in an hour or a day. You don't hear them at all if selfhood has stuffed your ears. And it's difficult to hear anything anyway through all the traffic, the ambition. 
This is a long poem with several chapters. It's about finding God and holiness and grace and beauty in unexpected moments. Then toward the end of this poem, we find these words. And it's, remember, back to the river. Along its shores were, may I say, very intense cardinal flowers and trees and birds that have wings to uphold them for heaven's sakes. The lucky ones, they have such deep natures. They are so happily obedient. Intense cardinal flowers, trees, birds that have wings that uphold them. Happily obedient. What makes us happily obedient? Remembering God's actions and cares, which never end. Remembering intends to move us as God's people to glad, happy obedience. The Apostle Paul says it really with confidence in the first lesson that Ethan read. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Be steadfast, immovable, because you know your labor is not in vain. Or in another place, Paul says it like this. Do not lose hope. We are being renewed day by day. So remembering God's presence, help, strength, we can move past our fears and our disappointments and past the difficult seasons and we can keep living and we can keep serving, trusting God, spreading God's light and love with glad obedience. May we be so filled, covered, filled, sustained, blessed, surrounded by reminders of God's steadfast faithfulness, so confident of God's love that we are indeed steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, for our labor is never in vain. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Through all moments, O oh God, through all circumstances, through all seasons, you are always present. You are always at work. Increase our faith. Strengthen our courage. Deepen our fortitude. We seek to love and follow Jesus Christ toward your promised reign. Amen.